0: I want to share today or talk about uh, today about Christ, our peace. And uh, in March 2004, the South American nations of Chile and Argentina celebrated the 100th anniversary of the world's first monument for peace. And it's called Cristo Redentor, Christ the Redeemer, which is placed uh, on the Andes Mountains between Chile and Argentina. And this monument was erected in order to prevent a war between the two nations over border issues. In fact, the monument was made out of the metal of the cannons with which the two nations wanted to fight against each other. And the monument shows Christ as he holds the cross in the one hand and with the other, he blesses the nations. And at the bottom of the monument, it says, may the Andes mountains crumble into dust before the peoples of Argentina and Chile break the peace sworn to at the feet of Christ, the Redeemer. And. Every year on the third Sunday in March, pilgrims from both countries meet at this monument for a service and to pray for peace between the two nations and peace on earth. And it has worked out for all these years until now. Christ, the Prince of Peace. What a sight and what a great idea. And so what I want to speak about this morning is based on what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 2, verses 8 through 18, where he speaks about Christ, our peace. Now, the word peace, as we all understand, uh, that is uh, on the base of this document, is primarily understood actually as absence of war. Well, this is the way most people, I think, Uh, interpret peace, absence of war or harm or living with the sense of tolerance with people, with other opinions and traditions. Now, that's not totally wrong. However, it doesn't touch exactly the heart of the biblical understanding of peace. Now, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And shalom means more than just peace. It means salvation, well-being, wholeness, health, living in harmony, joy, and happiness. It has a social meaning and looks at the well-being of persons within the context of community, expresses kind of the ideal state of life. And actually, shalom is the situation at the time of creation. That is partly the reason for What the Sabbath stands for, a sense of rest in order to enjoy the shalom of God. And so until today, Jews greet each other on the Sabbath day with Shabbat shalom. However, sin destroyed it. Shalom was not there as God had intended it anymore. But God wanted to bring his creation back to Shalom. And he did that by making covenants with Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, which is Israel, Moses, David. And so people, uh, Israel became the people of covenant, the people of the covenant. And that actually is the context of our passage here in Ephesians. Paul addresses The tensions between Christians with the Jewish and Christians with a Gentile background. The Jews always understood themselves as people of the covenant, the covenant that God made between God and Israel. And the Gentiles, on the other hand, they were a people outside the covenant. And how can we come together? And Paul writes in this letter that Christ came to break down this barrier by establishing a new covenant, Christ brought reconciliation between God and humanity and actually between human beings. In Christ, we have peace and reconciliation. Now, that's wonderful to know. Shalom, what God had created and intended from the beginning is made possible for all people. And all nations for every human being in the world through Jesus Christ. Christ Himself is shalom. If we are in Him and He is in us, we share His shalom. Shalom, the restoration of the whole creation to its proper harmonious life in Christ. Well, That sounds wonderful. All human beings should not be outside that covenant relationship with God. Nobody should be outside God's design of salvation. And that happens, and Paul talks then about it, by God adopting us into his family, into that covenant relationship, not because of anything we do, but by his grace. God prepared his peace, his shalom for us and for all human beings through Jesus Christ. And we are invited to appropriate that personally. God has prepared it, prepared it and it must become my personal peace, peace within. Now, when we look at our world today, I mean, we don't have to look very far, our own nations, our own cities, we realize that most people do not experience that peace, that inner rest within our world is restless, it seems like there's always something else which we must have, or we must do and we must get so that we can feel rest and have peace. One main problem for not experience, experiencing shalom is that we never get there. <laughs> we think if we have this, then we are ready, but we will never get there. Our concern for money, our concern for power, status, influence, or what have you, will not give us this peace. True peace, true shalom never comes from things. It rather comes from, or comes as a gift of God and is something that we have inside. Think about it. God gives us his shalom in Jesus Christ, peace with God. And so shalom is inseparable from fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, which is proud about, the work of the holy spirit peace with god therefore is more than a, a personal feeling or the absence of a sense of condemnation it is true rightness with god involving the forgiveness of our sins and inner knowledge that we are reconciled with god and that means there's also an ethical dimension faith obedience humility meekness well, what we call a life of holiness, the sanctified life. And that is what that entire letter to the Ephesians is all about. It's what Christ has done for us, becomes and works in us to change us. And because we experience that shalom, we are being able to share that shalom, God's peace with others. That peace, that shalom, that God has provided is not static. It's not something just to be enjoyed by ourselves. If we try that, we will fail. In fact, real peace will then not be with us. Shalom is dynamic. It is alive. It needs to be shared. Christ himself said to his disciples when he appeared to them after his resurrection, And John 20 tells us about that. He said, peace be with you. Shalom be with you. And as the Father has sent me, I also sent you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit Now, this is John's version of the Great Commission, and some even call it his version of Pentecost. That means going into all the world and sharing the good news, making disciples is nothing else but sharing and passing on that peace, that shalom of God. And this is not something that we just have to do or that we even could do by ourselves. When God gives us his peace, his shalom, he also empowers us to share it through the Holy Spirit. What we need to do is is to obediently follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and let him work in and through our lives. Now, that's not easy. It's not easy at all. And therefore, one more word in closing. In the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, verse 9, Jesus said to his disciples, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Children of God will bring shalom to the world. However, we need to know that always involves a cost. Let me close with a story. A Jewish student once asked his rabbi how two enemies who are totally different, actually opposite in every possible way, could be brought together and reconciled. And the wise rabbi answered, let us learn from the cooking pot, you see. Fire and water are natural enemies. And it seems that the two cannot come together without one of them being destroyed. Either the water kills the fire or the fire kills the water depending on whoever is in the majority. However, if you put a cooking pot in between them, things change and they even work together for good. Think about all the great food which we cook, but you also must not forget what that means. The cooking pot needs to be able to take the heat of the fire and be ready to get wet from the water. And the cooking pot probably does not look the same after cooking. It will be dirty and worn out. But only in this way can it be instrumental in bringing about change and something good which we would not have without that process. You know, the rabbi said to his student, what the world needs today is more cooking pots. I think that's the news that we need to hear and we need to share this morning with our world, God has prepared everything in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. And he has broken down the fence. We can become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And let us share that in word and deed and our entire lives. And as we do that, let us become cooking pots for Jesus, so that the world can experience his true shalom. Amen.